0: To episode 9 of The Empty Rooms of Gorski Manor. We hope you are enjoying the manor and the lovely tidbits of spiritual sharings woven within each tale. Please join us and watch for new episodes available every other Friday. Blessings and joy to you, dear friends. This journey follows our travelers back into the long checkerboard floor hall full of many, many doors. Which door is to be chosen? Feathers, the White Raven, Simon, the Black Frog, and I stood outside the now tightly closed door of the Ouija board room, a too short encounter with Harry Gorski for certain. Oh, how I wish we would have had more time to spend with him.
1: Do not fret. Time is limitless within these walls. Enjoy the magic and the surprises.
0: I tried to remember all that had been shared but spirit messages do seem to fade so quickly. I am so glad I knew they must be written down immediately. A lovely skill to cultivate, for sure. It is so helpful to be able to write the spiritual sharings during a journey, very much like automatic writing. Together we walked, or a better word would be shuffled, a little ways down the hall, slowly, listening at each door, watching for some hint of where to go next. I looked at the message again and sat down against one wall to contemplate the words. Feathers hopped onto my shoulder, looking down at the message, and Simon crawled up on my lap, wiggling his way under the notebook putting both hands upon the paper. I still felt unsure of him, but for now, he was with us, and his antics were starting to endear him to me. Maybe between the three of us, we could make some sense out of this message I shared with them. When I journey with my friends, it is so very helpful to get others' opinions of what the message means. So what do you both think? They both intently studied the words. I could feel their deep concentration and eagerness to help. The message read, It's been a long time. Well, that's Harry, of course. You are bound to the rabbit. Twelve nights, twelve clocks. Oh, well, okay, That, that we know.
2: Ah, yes, you are
0: bound to
2: the clock spell.
0: Twelve clocks. Feathers began. Oh, a spell, I said with excitement. I hadn't thought of it that way. Yet the message from voice that I had heard came again.
1: Remember a secret for you, thirteen. Hours the clock. Look
0: to each hour. I looked to Feathers and Simon. Again, they had not heard the voice. I wasn't going to say anything, but then remembered, in movies... When the person doesn't tell all they know, more trouble happens that would not have happened if they would only have just said something. Well, I decided to say, Did you hear that voice? I asked them. They both looked at me and shook their heads. I have kind of been hearing this deep voice since the front gate. I admitted to them. He tells me, well, um, things, kind of just things, I reluctantly shared, knowing it sounded, um, a bit strange. Oh! He just shared a secret, that the clock has 13 hours, I continued to explain.
1: Oh.
0: They both said it with excitement. I'm starting to think it's maybe hairy, but I'm not sure I confided in them. I looked into their eyes, but saw doubt there, doubt that I too felt. We returned back to the message. Okay. Within each face, there is a place. Clocks have a face. Is something in them? Maybe a portal. The hourglass of dagas flows black to white, white to black.
1: Oh, an hourglass is a clock,
0: Simon eagerly offered. Oh, yes, I agreed. The more message said, three you are, three you must be, which way is the right way, which way is the best way.
2: "'Ah,
0: that's us!' said Feathers with a snuggle. "'I felt Simon snuggle into me, too. "'We are getting to be quite good friends.' "'The message continued. "'Know your needs. Stay true to them. "'They will never fail you if you listen and abide. "'Hmm, what do we need and what do we want?' I am searching for knowledge, but also true companionship. I heard myself speak with clarity. This is a rather involved message. I was starting to feel a little discombobbled. One more piece. Empty eyes see all.
1: Kind of scary,
0: Simon said. And looking at us, he rolled his eyes back to only show the whites. Wow, yikes, don't do that. It looks so scary. Feathers thought too and said,
2: There are our eyes, are always watching us. We we must keep our eyes open, Ga and not empty.
0: She looked around the hall to accent her comment and her concern. Simon began to wiggle with excitement.
1: I know, I know. It's, It's a spell. I know magic, too.
0: And he pulled out a little hidden black bag to prove it. Well, Feathers already said it was a spell, I reminded him. Maybe your empty eyes... Are the empty eyes in the message, I considered? What do you see when you do that, I asked him. I placed my hand on his head to give him a comforting pat and was again surprised as he is so very soft and not slimy at all. Simon thought for a moment and then said,
1: Oh, I don't remember.
0: Well, that's okay. We must try it, though. Maybe you will be able to share information if we ask you questions. Simon seemed very eager to do this. I am so glad you both are here with me, I said with growing affection for them, the swell in my heart evident in the catch in my throat. Feathers rubbed her head against mine, and Simon patted my hand. There was a Daga's rune on the Ouija board planchette, and it looks like an hourglass. I pulled out my bag of runes and searched for the Daga's stone. It could also be a compass. Spin it, and it points the way to go, maybe? Oh, (laughs) They both agreed encouragingly. Well, it's worth a try. I walked to the middle of the hallway, and they both followed me. I took a deep breath and breathed upon the stone to connect with our intention. I then rolled the stone on the floor. It landed on a white square of the checkerboard floor. I think that's a clue. The white side of Dagaz is the way to go.
1: yes, 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 yes. yes.
0: We each took a deep breath, cleansing breath. Dagaz, which way does our path lead, I said out loud. We closed our eyes and spun the stone. When I opened my eyes, the stone was no longer in front of us. We looked around and then saw it was now in front of one of the black doors. We ran over to it and the rune had its white side pointing towards the door. I remembered this door. When we first walked past, I had watched the doorknob try to twist open and then jiggle loudly. There seemed to be something scary behind this door, but one so often must go the way you don't really want to go. Well, at least sometimes. I retrieved my bag and put Dagaz back in with the other runes, giving it a grateful thank you. I then tried the doorknob. Oh, but it would not turn to open. Should I knock? I whispered. No,
1: no, 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 no. no.
0: Ah, yes, yes, for sure. They both disagreed with each other. Before I could decide... The doorknob turned. We all jumped pretty high. Open the door, I shouted, totally shocked that those words escaped from my lips. Oh, please open the door, I asked with more decorum. We heard a bolt slide on the other side, and again the doorknob turned, but this time the tumbler released and the door slowly began to open. Then we heard the crying, soft at first, a sweet yet sorrowful female voice. The voice grew louder as the door opened further, and it changed to a chilling, shrill shrieking and moaning. A cold breeze hit us, pushing against us, twisting my hair and tossing Feather's chest down. A moan escaped from Simon. We both looked to him and saw his eyes had rolled back to show only the whites again. A tremor shook through his body, and then he sat still and silent. Another blast of cold air hit us hard, almost knocking me over as the door completely opened. Before us, we could see a pale green glow coming from above. Within the small room was a wooden spiral staircase, twisting far above beyond our view. Oval things of brown were scattered on the floor and upon the stairs. We watched as the green glow began to move away, upwards. I ran quickly to the bottom of the spiral stairs and looked up. The sad crying had turned to sad sighing. I watched as beneath the green glow I could see bare feet, slowly climbing the circular stairs. Up and up the stairs they slowly climbed. The stairs circled so very high above. I wondered if it led all the way to that top tower room. I couldn't see the feet any longer, as they had gone too high. I looked to Feathers and Simon, thinking we should follow. Feathers had flown to the railing of the stairs and was looking up, but poor Simon still sat in the hall where we had left him, frozen in his empty white eyes. I ran to him and tried to shake him awake, But he would not, or could not. And then we heard the most awful scream. It cut through my heart and made me jerk with sudden fright and deep concern. I ran to the stairs, looking up where the scream had come from. The spiral stairs seemed to sway slightly, back and forth, as if hit by something hard. I squinted my eyes as I peered up into the shadowy green glow, and I could just see something swinging slowly back and forth, hanging high above from the stair railing. I wasn't sure, but I could swear I saw two feet dangling there. Spiral staircase will take me there, up to the heavens. Does anyone care? My feet go slowly upon the stairs, so cold and so truly. Fair Outside the window The blackbird cries I stop to listen Does anyone care? My dress is white flowers green So cold and so truly unfair A storm is coming The midnight moon The wind is sigh. shadow dances does anyone care as I climb higher upon the stairs so cold and so I looked around the room again, this time really noticing all those large brown things. I could see they were acorns that lay in piles everywhere and were also strewn on many of the stairs. I walked over to one, picking it up to take a closer look. As I lifted it, It gave a kind of a sigh. I shook it. It felt solid. But something did jiggle from within. I turned it over in my hand and saw a rune carved there. The rune now these. A rune of your inner needs. The rune of sadness and overwhelm. I picked another acorn up and it too had this rune carved upon it. I checked another, and another, and they all were marked with the same, the same sadness.
1: Oh, sadness grows into a seed.
0: We heard Simon speak. We ran to his side and looked to his empty eyes, As he continued,
1: Oh, so small at first, But the pain never goes away. It expands, hardens, Until it can no longer be bared.
0: He said with a great sigh and fell over. I lifted him up onto my lap and rubbed his shoulders and neck, feeling for his heartbeat, which thankfully was strong. He gasped a big breath, and open his eyes. He looked from me, and then to Feathers, and sat up with confusion. Are you okay? I said with relief.
1: <laughs> What's going on?
0: he asked as he hopped off my lap. I think you may have been in a trance, or maybe possessed. I told him carefully, not sure how he would take that.
1: Oh, oh, wowee! I told you I know magic. I told you I know magic. What did I do?
0: I explained to him what happened, and he said he remembered none of it. I think there is a ghost trapped on those stairs, I started. I think she needs our help. We walked to the base of the spiral stairs and looked up. I started up, but it was so very high. I shook the railing, gaining comfort as it felt solid and did not move. Okay, let's go, I said bravely and stepped onto the next stair. Immediately, I began to feel a pressure. It pulsed into my heart, which soon was beating in time with it. I stepped to the next stair it continued, but I could hear the slight tick as of a clock. With each step, I heard the tick. Which each next step, I heard the tock. Next step, tick. Next step, tock. Tick, tock, tick, tock. As I moved up and up the stairs, the pace began to quicken. Tick tock, tick tock. I felt myself begin to run faster. Tick tock, tick tock. I forgot where I was, only concentrating and moving upwards faster and faster. Tick tock. Until I stopped with a jerk at the tick, tick tock. Oh, I took a deep breath. Oh, trying to calm down the heavy breathing from running up the stairs. I saw I was quite a way up. Feathers joined me there on the railing, but Simon was way down below. He was trying to hop up each stair and trying to keep up with us.
1: Wait for me,
0: he yelled. I sensed something was wrong. Something was off here on this step. I looked to the railing and saw a rope tied there. Its other end was hanging over the railing. It made a creaking sound, as if something swung slowly below. I moved closer, holding tightly to the railing, and peered over. There below me was a young woman, dress of white with tiny green flowers, long hair of sandy brown, feet bare, and swaying from the rope that was tied tightly to her neck. I looked at her face and was shocked to see her bright blue eyes open, wet with tears streaming down her cheeks. She hung there, not trying to save herself. In one hand, she held some acorns. She raised them to look at them for a last time, then opened her fingers and let them tumble and fall, tumbling down to the floor so far below. We watched the acorns tumble down, and as we watched, they grew and expanded, becoming the size of the many large acorns that littered the staircase and the floor below. I returned my gaze back to the young woman, but she was gone. Only the rope swayed there, the end frayed with age. I sat on the step to steady myself and recover from what had just been witnessed. Simon finally joined us and hopped onto my lap, staring into my eyes.
2: Ah, this is her place of sadness. Her final place, ah, where she could no longer be any more.
1: Oh, she could no longer hold her sadness within her and released it into the acorns. But the sadness still grew and grew and grew, very strong magic.
0: I could still feel the heartbeat of the spiral stairs. I think this is the heart of Gorski Manor, I said softly and plaintively. Sadness feels to be its center, winding round and round in its endless spiral, winding round and round like a clock. Can we help her? Help her release and move on? What a sad existence to relive this moment over and over again. Feathers thought, The acorn,
2: gah, the acorns are important. Maybe if we cleared them all away, she may be released. Uh-huh.
0: I thought for a moment and shared. I have an idea. As the idea popped, just popped into my head, as they often do. Thank you, dear spirit guides who shared it with me. We must push all these acorns to the bottom, I instructed them. One by one, We began to roll them from each step and toss them down and down until they all filled the floor below. The green light still glowed, so I knew the ghost was still within these walls. I pulled a small black bag from my backpack. This is my sadness bag, I showed Feathers and Simon. A dear guide, havering, The Wave Sister of Tears shared this with me long ago. She said to put all your sadness in the bag. Little objects that represent each sadness. The sadness will not go away, but it will be off and out of you. Held safe as you don't want to forget, but you don't want to live it over and over and over again.
1: Oh, then, then, Then what do you do?
0: Well, since we want to help her move on, we will have to burn the bag. I said this with confidence that it felt the right thing to do.
1: Oh, but the acorns are so big, and your bag is so small.
0: Simon wondered out loud. Watch, I said. I opened the bag and took out all my items of sadness. I could feel a surge of their power over me, but I had to stay strong to help this ghost. I put them into my pocket and held the bag to my heart and whispered our intention to it. I held the bag for Feathers and Simon to do likewise. I could feel it awaken with eager energy for this work. I took a large acorn and held it in my hand. I whispered the word of sadness to it, and it quickly began to shrink. It shrank so much, it was the size of a little pea. I easily placed it into the bag. Okay, I said now. Start bringing the acorns over to me. Simon, please sing us a working spell song. You said you knew magic. He thought for a minute and began to sing. Soon, our work was almost done. All the acorns were now safely stowed within the bag. We went to the corner of the room, and I got out a candle. I swept the floor clean with my broom and cast a circle which we sat within. I tied the bag to the end of the broomstaff and lit the candle. Sitting close, our bodies and energy touching and combining together, I held the broom with the bag over the candle, feathers to my left and Simon to my right. They each placed their hands or wing on the broom and we sang the magic word of releasing <speaking in Spanish> Ra <"R-la-i-ha-si-na-na-na-na." speaking in Spanish> The candle flame surged higher. I could see spirits of fire join the releasing, bringing stronger energies to assist us. We began to hear the crying from above. She was awake and aware, but her crying had changed, a cry of gladness and gratitude for this releasing. We continued to sing the word of releasing as we watched the bag begin to wiggle and shift. It began to glow red, and then amber, and smoky tendrils escaped out from the top of the bag. I knew the acorns were burning. The tendrils grew larger and spiraled up and over to the stairs. We watched as the green glow came down the stairs to meet them. The bare feet were visible. And as the tendrils of acorn smoke touched her feet, the green glow slowly melted until we could see her plainly standing there. Her eyes were again filled with tears, but she had a smile upon her face. The smoke from the burning acorns became wispy and finally faded to nothing. She started to fade. Finally, her suffering was at an end. Before she was totally gone, she took a necklace from around her neck and held out her hand as a gift and let it fall to the stair. And then she was gone, as was the green glow. I removed the bag from the fire and the broom. The bag had not been burnt at all only the contents within it. I opened the bag to look inside, and all that remained was one white stone. I pulled it out and looked to the carving and saw the rune now these was there, sadness from what one's need-fire is, a memory to be cherished. I gently replaced all my items of sadness Back into my bag. I walked to the stair where the young woman had dropped the necklace and picked it up. It was a lovely silver locket. A spiral was engraved on the front and a name on the back. I opened the locket, and each side held a spiral of long, sandy brown hair from the young woman. I tried to read her name. On the back, but it was so small. I held the locket by the chain to show feathers and Simon, and it gently swung back and forth, back and forth, like the pendulum of a clock. Tick-tock. Ah,
2: this is your first clock piece. Or maybe the first piece Ah, oh, of the clock for rabbit, he so loves the puzzle.
0: She finished with a knowing smile at Simon.
1: Ooh, that rabbit, yeah, he does have a big heart though. Oh, but but he likes to help the long way round.
0: Say feathers. I began with my remembered question on this quest. I was told you have a special word for me. What is a special word?
2: Finally, Caw. I was waiting for you to ask. It's a very helpful
0: word. And with that, she came over and whispered it in my ear. Oh! <gasps> Oh, was all I could say, and Simon jumped with excitement.
2: Ah, remember, it's a secret only for you.
0: Poor Simon, he looks so very disappointed. Maybe Feathers has a special word for him, and maybe for you. Sit quietly in a gentle meditation and call to her. See her fly over and sit on your shoulder. Ask her kindly for a special word for only you and hear her whisper it in your ear. Come